sensation and sounds built to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. As you may have heard last week, every year here at Well and Good, we do something called Renew Year for our January programming. This really comes from the idea that New Year's resolutions are bullshit, that you don't need to change yourself or reinvent yourself just because it's a shiny new year. But January does naturally feel like a time where we want to refresh, reset a little bit, and, you know, renew. It feels a little bit like a clean slate. I'm Ella Dove, Director of Creative Development here at Well and Good and host of today's episode. Last week, I sat down with Delina Soto, the anti-diet dietitian, where we talked about all things food and how to approach that in the new year. Today, we're talking to positive psychiatrist Samantha Boardman and joy expert Ingrid Vitelli about how we can think more intentionally about the decisions we make in our day-to-day lives and about how we can infuse those choices with more authentic joy and optimism. Jumpstarting our moods with less burden from the resolutions that, you know, eight times out of ten probably fall through. Yes, 80% of resolutions fail. And if anything, I have found from my experience that people end up feeling much worse. My name is Samantha Boardman. I am a psychiatrist. I think of myself as a positive psychiatrist. We all have things about ourselves that we'd like to do differently or like to do better. Is the time now, and if you are going to do it, Make sure that it is very specific, that it's measurable, you know, that it's achievable, and that it's realistic. And yes, even though many of us are aware that we need to be realistic, there is something about the new year that feels like it holds these fresh new possibilities because it's a time to begin again, like a collective birthday or the start of a new book in which, you know, we're all the author. For better or for worse, we're storytellers, and I think we like beginnings and middles and endings. And often those stories do us favors, sometimes they don't. I think, you know, we have to think about the way we tell stories to ourselves, and maybe it helps us make sense of things. Maybe it sometimes really distorts reality, too, and it's really 
interesting to listen to the stories we tell ourselves. I think that's one of the benefits of going to therapy is actually hearing out loud those stories that we tell because there's so much pressure in this whole industrial complex around like self-improvement and that actually just ends up making us feel worse, you know, trying and failing. One thing to keep in mind is with any type of behavior change, that setbacks are really part of the process. And that idea of like, oh, I'm a failure, if whatever that goal that we set, you know, we're not reaching it. But usually what happens, it's just, we need a different strategy if we're interested in making that change. And around resolutions, we constantly focus on what's wrong. If somebody answers like, here's what's wrong with me, they can come up with like a list of 20 things and we're fixated on that. Less, you know, available to us is actually, what are our strengths? What are we good at? How could I use my strengths to navigate my way through this? And I think that's a really important shift in just the way in general we approach a lot of challenges and the way we think about ourselves. And instead of being so deficit focused, if we are going to make a change and it's a change that really dovetails with our values and what we care most deeply about, then I would recommend having a strengths-based, strengths-focused resolution. Oftentimes these involve other people and we know that like pro-social acts, just acts of kindness, social interactions when we're doing things with and for others, in general, people feel better. We know loads of studies and research out there that shows that probably one of the most significant contributors to our well-being is our relationships with other people and putting effort into those. And so instead of just sort of having this internally focused resolution, what are those other focused actions that we can take? What are the ways that there's more overlap between what we value and care deeply about and also what we do? Like, what are those actions that we're taking to actually reflect what we care most about? We know that making pro-social resolutions also, not only are they more fun and full of joy, like when you're actually doing something with somebody else, you're actually also much more likely to sustain it and to keep it. And also a year later, studies show that you're more likely to be happier. So I just think there are ways we can reframe these resolutions rather than ways to sort of beat ourselves up and make us feel badly about ourselves. I myself, I was so well-trained in misery and trying to sort of make somebody less miserable or bring them back to baseline, but I was sort of less trained in what makes life worth living, what gives somebody joy, what are their strengths. Somebody who is well-versed in joy and how to bring it into our lives is Ingrid Vitelli. Research from USC shows that the habits we intend to make in the name of self-improvement may lead to feelings of monotony. And that puts us on a desperate search for joy to just break things up. So I wanted to know, how can we build more joy into our lives from the start? And wondered why Ingrid thinks people are still so drawn to making New Year's resolutions. I think we have a natural sense of cyclicality that comes up around this time of year. It feels like even if it's an artificial milestone, New Year's Day is nothing special. It feels like an opportunity for renewal, for this sense of being able to start fresh. My name is Ingrid Fatelli. I study joy, and in particular, I study the aesthetics of joy or the way that our surroundings influence our emotions and our well-being. We know that we're going to go through the same sort of rough sequence of events again 
and we're going to get to do it in a different way. And I think that gives us this opportunity to feel like we're having a blank slate. And because we're doing it all together, we all sort of have this collective mindset around this time of year. It feels like maybe less motivation is needed to make changes at this time of year because we're all kind of in that mindset together. So a big part of what people are trying to bring into their lives around the new year is probably a little bit more joy. No pressure, but how can we authentically bring joy into our lives? Given that the new year is a time to take stock, reflect, see where we've been and see where we might want to go, I think a really good way to do that is through the lens of what really lights you up in life. What are the things that make you feel most alive? When I think about joy, that's what's at the heart of it, right? So one of the things that you might do is look back over the previous year and think, how do I bring more of that into the year to come? So not feeling like you have to force yourself to try new activities or hobbies or things like that. Maybe that is what brings you joy and what you want to do more of. I think A lot of us see joy as a spontaneous thing that's just supposed to happen. And the problem is that when we view it that way, often it doesn't happen because as a society, we tend to view joy as an extra. It's this thing that we do after we've done everything else we have to do. And it's a reward for doing the things that we have to do. And so it often takes a backseat to work and to other obligations. But when we actually plan for joy, when we schedule joy, when we think about it in advance, it allows us to make sure that those things happen. I think when we think about resolutions, we often, even just the word adds a little bit of guilt. Like we know that this is going to be something that we have to do and it feels daunting and it feels a little bit overwhelming sometimes. So when we build joy into it, and that might be, you know, if exercise is a resolution that we have, then actually thinking about what would be exercise I enjoy, not just, oh, I have to, you know, exercise more, but thinking about how do I like to move? And what would be the kind of movement that would really make me feel good? Or it might be a brightly colored exercise top so that every time you get out of bed, you see that in the morning and you're excited to put it on and work out. Um, Those kinds of things can help us stay motivated toward those resolutions and not have it be just a thing I have to do and that I'm going to feel guilty. There are ways to take things that you don't enjoy and, you know, find the joy in them, but you have to really do it from a place of exploration and curiosity as opposed to a place of I'm going to master this or force myself to do this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
over the last, you know, two years, whatever this pandemic has been, I feel like it's harder to distinguish what those moments were that felt joyful because we've, things can feel pretty monotonous depending on what you do and what your career looks like and who you're seeing. Do you have any sort of qualifiers or like things to look for that show the moments that really brought you joy? One of the things about joy is that it's an incredibly visceral emotion. So think about when you found yourself laughing, when you found yourself, when, when you just caught yourself with a smile on your face, when you felt maybe a feeling of lightness or freedom. You know, when did you look back over the year? When did you feel really free? Or when did you laugh so hard that it hurt? Another one that I like to ask is when did the world feel magical to you? And sometimes it may not have been in the last year. You know, if you had a year that was a rougher year, it may mean looking back a little bit further. So taking note of the things that bring you joy, you start to bring more awareness to that. You start to notice patterns and you can start to see the things that really have a, a timelessly joyful quality versus things that are fleeting and just of the moment. And so when we look to kind of reset ourselves for the new year, what are your tips for bringing those things into your life? One of the things that can be helpful to do is, is really think about how you feel in your home versus how you want to feel in your home. And when you start to look at those spaces, you know, there are simple things you can do to bring a little bit more joy into your space. That could be adding a pop of color. It could be bringing the outside in. So adding more nature. We know that natural elements, things like greenery help to reset the body's stress responses. Given what we've all been through, that's something that probably has a timeless value. Also just moving things around. So to bring a sense of sort of renewal into your space, a new energy. And it's amazing how without having to buy anything, you can make the things that you have feel really different and new just through some small changes. So the idea of intentionally moving through our lives and finding more room for joy by identifying the things that spark joy sounds really good. But personally, I think it sounds kind of hard. At this point, I don't even know if I know how to identify the things that actually spark joy versus the things that I think spark joy because I'm good at them or they give me a sense of accomplishment. Sometimes just checking things off my to-do list feels like it sparks joy. Sometimes adding things to my to-do list, even if they spark joy, just feels like another thing on my to-do list. So here's what Samantha had to share on how to keep pushing through until you finally find your flow. I do think when we're actually adding things that are meaningful to us and we're adding activities and we're also planning them and thinking, okay, when am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? That we're much more likely to follow through. There's a wonderful book out by Paul Bloom called The Sweet Spot, and it's about the pleasure of chosen suffering. But it's really about how when we do things that are meaningful to us, that are hard, actually, that are challenging, that are this sort of like moment of desirable difficulty, how we also can find tremendous fulfillment in that. And I think with all this anxiety and pressure, one of the best ways that we know how to manage uncertainty is to find opportunities where we can find what's known as flow. You know you're in flow when you lose sense of time. And it's often like in some kind of hobby, something you love doing just for the joy of doing it. And you can't be interrupted by your phone when you're in flow. The whole point is like you're 
attention is focused on that thing outside of you. Again, like you're not reflecting, you're not ruminating, you are just sort of thinking about that thing that you're doing. And I think there are fewer and fewer experiences of flow in our everyday lives because we are constantly being interrupted by pings and dings. We've got to be deliberate about delight. And I think we'll find more everyday uplifts and to manage some of these hassles when we're deliberate. I think of it as like the three C's when we're thinking about these uplifts. And it's really, I think, like the reservoir of vitality and um, just revitalizing ourselves. It's how are we connecting with others, having like a meaningful conversation, being kind, doing something nice, having meaningful interactions in an everyday way. How are we contributing to something beyond ourselves? And also then how are we challenging ourselves? New Year's is not the only moment to make, you know, if you want to make a change to make it. I mean, so is next Monday, so is tomorrow, <laughs> you know? So if you do have a setback though, we can kind of create fresh starts around it or you get to make that fresh start whenever it is. So of course I had to ask how both Samantha and Ingrid are hoping to forge their own fresh starts and reset and feel renewed this year. Right now I am embarking on a very slow redesign of my home office, but I'm starting to think about making changes at home after living in this house for most of a year and starting to think about how we make it a place that we're really excited to be in and having that kind of renewal in my space is, is bringing me a lot of joy. I am going to, actually what I really love doing is I used to deliver meals for City Meals on Wheels all the time and I wasn't able to do that during the pandemic. And that is actually, I won't call it a resolution, but it's just a plan. And I'm going to hopefully do that Tuesday afternoons with my daughter. And it's something I've really missed doing. And sometimes people, the City Meals on Wheels recipients, it's a lot of, elderly women, they're homebound elderly New Yorkers, and they'll, you know, they'll be like, the fish was terrible yesterday, but you have this really nice connection with them, and I've always really yeah. enjoyed it. And it's it's more than the meal, it's really about the connection, too, and saying hi, and that that's my plan. Of course, if you're going to make two podcast episodes called New Year Do You, you can't help but think a little bit about what you want to renew and reset for the year ahead. And bullshit or not, there is something about the January calendar that makes me look inward. As I come into 2022, I think I've mastered boundaries enough that they don't need to be my New Year's resolution anymore. And I've got a new vision or a new uh, slogan for myself. It's, I am exactly where I'm meant to be. What that means to me is sort of a combo platter of two things. One, trust my gut know that I was led here for the right reasons and I am in the right place at the right time. I don't need to be somewhere else. I don't need to be having FOMO. I don't need to regret my decisions or wish I did it differently. And the other half of that is just allowing myself to kind of live in the moment. Allowing myself to like be here now. Stop calendaring. Stop living your life three weeks in the future. Right now, if I needed to, I could literally get you through every weekend through November. I think that's a side of myself. I need to Turn down a little bit. I need to be here now. You should all see Taylor's face. This is a good intention for me. <laughs> Actually terrifying. What? Yeah, literally, you want me to do it? Watch. No. I'm a planner. I can't help it. But that's what I'm working what on this year. We have this year. Don't ask. On today's show, you heard from Samantha Boardman and Ingrid Vitelli. 
This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Kate Spees, and myself, Ella Dove, along with many other hands and brains here at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this episode with all of your friends. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lekomsky and Matt Dynamanico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.